Welcome to Buzzed with Brian. I am your host, Brian. We're going to talk about beer, the history, and drinking. Hey there, beer fans. Welcome back to another episode of Buzzed with Brian. So happy to have you all here. This is going to be our last episode. Wait for it. Not ever. Don't worry. Our last episode of 2022. It's kind of wild to think about, but we've made it officially 10, I think almost months on this journey. And I started this this year and here we are closing in on 2023. So hope you're all enjoying the holiday seasons out there and staying safe and drinking some tasty treats, whether it's craft you know, cocktails or craft beer or wine, you know, whatever you're having. I hope you're having a good time with family and friends. Moving into today's episode, this is going to be a continuation off of my India Pale Ale series. That's right, we have our next kind of India Pale Ale sub-style. We're going to go over the cold IPA today. That's right, brr, the cold IPA. And we are sponsored by Ice. Of course, you have to have ice to be able to chill down a drink. Maybe not put it directly in your beer, but it can help chill that glass, help maybe put your can or bottle on ice, and enjoy your beverage cold. So like I said, we have the cold IPA today, the cold India Pale Ale. This is a beer style that is not really very familiar to me, at least before I did the research on this episode. It wasn't very familiar to me. I've had lots of friends in the last year, a couple of Buzz with Brian fans reach out and say, hey, what the heck is the deal with this cold IPA that I'm seeing on the shelves in my liquor store? So I'm here for it. I'm here to help out, and I needed to dig up the answer for myself. So we're doing the cold IPA, and we are going to be drinking the Frozen North from 608 Brewing Company. That's right, another Wisconsin brewery out of La Crosse, Wisconsin, the Driftless area, and this will be their Frozen North we're featuring today. So without further ado, on to today's show. We have a real head-scratcher today on what exactly this IPA variant is. Um, I should give a quick brief background of what I've already covered in the India Pale Ale family. Of course, I have my Part 1 and Part 2 episodes of the India Pale Ale. Very good content there, some interesting facts on the historical background behind the India Pale Ale and some of the characteristics expected of the both American and English varieties. So check those out. And I've also done the Black IPA, so we've touched base on that. So this is, I guess, my fourth IPA episode now, touching on the cold IPA. And this episode is going to start with a little bit of a debate that I won't settle today. We'll have to maybe actually do another episode down the line here in my IPA series, but... There is a distinction, or to some people there's a distinction, between what exactly a cold IPA is, an India Pale Ale, and then what's an India Pale Lager. Some use that interchangeably, some use it uh, not. They are two distinct styles, so we'll cover that India Pale Lager scheme in probably an episode down the road here in 2023, since this is the last one of 2022. But today we're going to go over the cold IPA. And with that, I mean, it's not even an official beer judge certification program style of beer. This is still kind of swimming through the weeds of experimental stuff. Um, Generally speaking, the characteristics of a cold IPA will be crisp, hoppy, and likely a clear golden color um, on the pour. So very similar to your IPA, but also taking some of those lager attributes of having that nice crisp finish and letting the hops really shine and be the the showcase here. Um, And really, that's the whole point of this style is to further showcase that hop profile of the beer. By creating that dry finish and diminishing some of the malt character an American IPA might provide, it really lets those hops shine through. 
So even though there isn't a BJCP, you know, specific style cold IPA with set guidelines, there's generally four rules of thumb that brewers follow when they're making these tasty treats of cold IPAs. So one, a very simple grain bill. Two, got to have punchy American hops, right? You know, we're talking about an Americanized version of an Indie Pale Ale still, so we can have those punchy American hops. And three, to really deliver those hops, are going to be dry hopped at the end of the Whirlpool to kind of really provide a lot of those flavoring notes and not just be a bitter component to the, to the profile of the beer. And four, likely we're going to utilize some lager yeast. So again, you're saying, Brian, well, is it India pale, is it India pale lager or not? <laughs> so like I said, some people say it is, some people it isn't, but for today, we're just going to pretend that they're two different styles and we're going to go over the cold IPA. Um, at the very least, they maybe use even a hybrid of a lager and an ale yeast combined, not necessarily just a lager yeast. So there's a discrepancy there. When we look at this compared to other Indie Pale Ales, of course, the ABV, the alcohol by volume, is going to be very similar to that of a normal American IPA. Um, you know, in the low sixes and climbing just north from there, <laughs> the sky is the limit, literally. And the IBUs, you know, most of the takes on the style will be still quite bitter as the hops are the showcase um, as it originates from more of West Coast IPA roots. But, you know, you might have some beers that probably might be a little more approachable and you might have more of the flavorful component the you know the fruity the floral part of the hop as opposed to just the in-your-face bitter like let's smack you in the mouth <laughs> um but with that that kind of wraps up the style characteristics here so we'll get on to the history how did we come up with this uh the sub style of an ipa To no surprise here, we're going to be hitching our wagon on to the Oregon Trail, the final destination, Portland, Oregon, of course. That's where this style originates from, or at least that's the way it's written up in the history books here. Um, that's right, back in 2017-2018 at Wayfinder Brewery in Portland, and I think we've mentioned Portland a couple times on the show already. If I haven't, Portland is apparently a beer you know, um, oasis, <laughs> a craft beer oasis. And I would urge anyone that is interested in craft beer to go there and visit. I, it's certainly on my list. I have not been yet, but I have two great coworkers that spent, uh, four to five years, I believe in Portland, and they have nothing but good things to say about the craft beer scene. So if you're a craft beer lover, make sure Portland, Oregon, and honestly, Portland, Maine, for that matter, are both on your agenda. <laughs> so, uh, but that bringing us back to our inception story, this cold IPA, the year was 27, 2018 at Wayfinder Brewery again in Portland, Oregon. And Kevin Davey was the brewmaster there. And I believe he still is. And he was looking to kind of push the edge on what we all know for the India pale ale. Kevin is commonly thought to be the one that pioneered this new sub style. And he has been very open about sharing his techniques and what he did to make this cold IPA. So at first, uh, we talk about, let's flash back to the characteristics, right? I said there's four mainstays of this of the style, one being a simple grain bill. He used rice and corn in the grain bill to give the beer body and a mouthfeel, but while keeping it dry, we know that the corn and rice will be really well attenuated, really uh, eaten up by the yeast culture and all the sugars will be out of there. So you're going to get that nice crisp feeling, but the corn and rice still provide some good body to it. Uh, then he used Wayfinder's house lager strain of yeast. So there you go. Another one of the staples, right? He used a lager strain of yeast, which is going to be at a colder fermentation normally. Um, and this yeast doesn't that he used for Wayfinder also doesn't produce a high number of esters. So it's going to really allow those hops to shine through. Um, additionally, like I said, a lager yeast is normally fermented at colder temperatures. However, even though this is a quote unquote cold IPA, 
what Kevin Davy did was he actually fermented the lager yeast still closer to what an ale yeast would give off. So to Kevin, this is a quote that he had, um, it really separates, this is what separates his cold IPA from an India pale lager. Um, this is kind of like we're swimming through the weeds here. I know I said I wouldn't touch base too much on it today, but some people think an India pale lager is just taking an IPA recipe and using lager yeast and fermenting it in actual lager fermenting temperature down in like the 40s and 50s, as opposed to taking an IPA recipe and using a lager yeast, but still fermenting in that 60 to 70 degree range, which is what Kevin did. And lastly, like I said, another mainstay, he dry hopped all the hoppy goodness right at the end of fermentation. So got a big punch of those American hops that he utilized. And once Kevin and the Wayfinder team there kind of had the brew process down and they were tinkering with stuff, they finally dropped the release of Relapse IPA. That was the first cold IPA out on the market, allegedly, right, in October of 2018. They say the beer, uh, from Wayfinder's website, they say the beer delivers a strong punch of aromatic hop, intense bitterness with a crisp finish. Simply put, it's a wester than a West Coast IPA. So again, just pushing that boundary of what people know and already appreciate of the India Pale Ale style and what they can expect their palate experience to be like and just pushing that edge to something completely brand new. And once uh, Kevin and Wayfinder Brewery dropped this relapse IPA, the rest was history. Breweries across the U.S. have kind of slowly been catching on. I've seen, like I said, even the Midwest at times can be a little slow to adopt to new things, but in the beer scene, and I've seen even a couple, I mean, local here in Madison, breweries make a cold IPA variants and certainly across the state. So lots of exciting things out there. If you're looking on the beer shelf, now you know where it came from and what it is. So with that, let's move on to our brewery that we're featuring today and the beer we're going to drink. As mentioned in the intro, we have 608 Brewing Company out of La Crosse, Wisconsin. This brewery was founded in 2018, so what a coincidence. The same year the cold IPA came out to Wayfinder in Portland, Oregon. But this is 608 Brewing Company, and this was founded by a couple of couples. So Phil and Lori Humphrey and Danielle and Ryan Beach. The four of them started pouring beers in August of 2018. The taproom was officially open, and it was their goal to create a fun, friendly, clean environment for all patrons visiting to enjoy. And I think that's the aim for a lot of breweries out there to be very inclusive with, you know, welcoming anyone and everyone to their tap room to enjoy the products that they're producing. So the tap room is just that there for them. I think it's a very cozy space with many natural wood elements. If you take a visit, a lot of the wood elements you'll see in that tap room are actually from old uh, Wisconsin barns. I think some of it might be even family-related barns from the Humphrey and Beach uh, couples. So that's kind of exciting. Always good to reuse, reduce, recycle, right? And uh, you also see a splash of subway tile and some large communal feeling tables and benches, which is, you know, again, you're trying to create that camaraderie experience in the brewery. And I think 608 is really trying to encapsulate that there. Um, Like many other breweries that have started, the inception of this one started with a little home brewing and a passion for craft beer. Uh, And of course, the passion for the state of Wisconsin with this brewery. 608, the name there that they settled on is the phone number area code for a large portion of the state, for those who don't know. Um, 608 area code includes Madison and a good part of the western half, including La Crosse up on the Mississippi River there. So it appears that Phil handles most of the, Phil Humphrey that is, uh, handles most of the brewing operations. Prior to making the plunge into an open uh, full-scale brewery, he was 
discouraged by the lack of accessibility in his area to new trendy beers. Again, like I said, the Midwest can lag a little bit behind and beer styles just in general available out in the market. So naturally he wanted to start to tinker away at his home brewing recipes and film wanted to make the type of beer he fancied to have. Uh, it only took a brief look to realize that aside from longstanding Pearl Street Brewery and former Heilman's House, now City Brewing in Lacrosse, the beer market was a little unsaturated. So he was tinkering with his homebrew recipes and he was realizing, man, Lacrosse could probably actually use another brewery and why not why not plug myself into that? So um, I think very reasonable for him to have opened up the brewery when he did and where he did and it's been successful. And I would urge encourage everyone to go visit it. So with that, let's move on to the beer we have featured by them today. I have the beer sitting in front of me. This is the Frozen North again from Six Away Brewing Company. And this beer is weighing in at 6% today. So a little bit on the lower end of the spectrum for an IPA as well as 30 IBUs, so it should be a fairly sweet IPA, not anything too bitter to speak of there. And we are enjoying this out of a 16-ounce traditional pounder today, that's right. On the can, it makes note of Strata, Citra, and Mosaic hops, and that this is an IPA made using lager yeast. Without further ado then, let's get on to this pour. As this beer pours out, it's fitting the bill here. It's pouring a nice pale yellow color. Um, it's got a little bit of a slight cloudiness to it, so certainly could be in the IPA department just on appearance's sake. Uh, decently effervescent, though, with the pour here. It has a solid foam, uh, solid head of foam developing on the top of this, and it's definitely giving off a lot of great aroma. I mean, I smelt a little bit of that hot punch just opening the can, but certainly as pouring it into this glass, it's just kind of enhancing all of that hot profile. So let's get in for a closer smell, shall we? Yep, <laughs> it's, it continues to be hop dominant, so it comes with the territory of an IPA. Uh, one more smell here. Some defined berry flavors, I would say, almost on the aroma, or not flavors, but you know, scents, and uh, there's a little bit of a blueberry-strawberry mix is kind of what I'm getting. Almost like if anyone has those Yoplait uh, yogurts, just the singles, uh, the mixed berry or the berry medley, that, that yogurt smell, that's exactly what I'm getting out of this. And on the end, just a touch of kind of an earthy, grassiness-like characteristic. So it's got a, a little bit of complexity on the aroma, so let's get in for a sip, shall we? Hmm. Mm, okay. Ooh, the, the first sip has a bit of a bite, so one more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one more. Ah, interesting. Okay, so this beer is actually sweeter than expected, um, and I think that's coming more from the, the malt character sweetness, not necessarily just the hop. So that's throwing me for a little bit of a loop, but it's not, not a bad way. Uh, once you get past that sweetness... It does get into a little bit of those berry flavors, almost followed by a pine-like note. And I think yeah, that's that, that earthiness, that grassiness that I was smelling on the nose, kind of just translating into the palate. And look, one more here. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, as I drink more of this beer, I even almost get like a, um, a Hubba Bubba Max 
bubblegum flavor. <laughs> Oddly specific, and I don't know if that's coming from the hops or if that's maybe a yeast component. I mean, certainly, like, you know, in your German Hefeweizens, uh, having that kind of bubblegumminess can come from a yeasty ester, but there are some hops that do lead way to that a little bit. So an interesting take here. I would say the body on this is surprisingly bigger than I would have expected. Uh, but not overdone for an IPA. Certainly IPAs can have a big body, but this one's a little bit bigger than I think I was thinking going into it with the mindset of like, oh, lager yeast. And again, like it doesn't have the creamy softness expected with a hazy, but the finish still isn't overly crisp. The lager yeast is pulling a little bit, but it's not that crisp. When we talk about the balance and drinkability of this beer, hop dominant IPA, plain and simple, right? To be expected. Overall, I think there is some malt character that kind of plays off of the hop profile, but it's still very hop dominant. I think drinkability, you know, I listed off the hops. It's got mosaic. It's got citra. To me, that's a bit of a cheat code. If you like IPAs, you're going to like this beer. Those, those two hop varieties just play really well in the sandbox with each other, and they certainly do in this beer. And then I think the addition of the strata hops on top of that into the fold um, that adds that strawberry note to that berry medley-like flavor, and it just complements it all really well. I think overall, you know, if I'm going to drink this beer, I'd almost want some salty snack food uh, to drink with it, or maybe even like a savory entree option uh, to ease some of the sweetness away from this beer because it is on the sweeter end for an IPA. So with that, I'm going to keep enjoying this and we'll move on to some ratings. The last rating of 2022. That's right. The last beer we have rated on the show for this year. This is a special moment, and I'm going to just treasure it for a second tier. As always, it's going to be 0 to 5. We're not making any changes for the end of the year here. And going to 2023, folks, it's still going to be 0 to 5. We're still going to follow that untapped rating system. So with that, this beer, pretty solid. I think, you know, I, I spoke a lot about it in the last segment when I was drinking it. And overall, it's a great IPA, very solid, very standard. Um, I don't think anything really jumps out at me that's wowing. But when we talk about the cold IPA style and what this beer character is supposed to be, I think the lager aspect, that crispness, that really dry finish is a little lacking. I think there's too much sweetness coming forth. And like I said, I don't know if it's all coming from just that berryness from the hot varieties that they chose to use. Or if there is still indeed fact a lot of malt profile in this beer and some leftover sugars that didn't get attenuated out and that's where the sweetness is coming from. I think uh, someone that just likes IPAs, they're going to like this beer. And heck, I like this beer. But according to the style, it's a little lacking to me. And I'm going to keep going on the hunt now as I peruse the liquor aisle and find myself a cold IPA that's really a crisp, crispy, crispy boy. So with that, I'm going to give this rating of this beer a 3.5. It's a nice style, it's a nice take, it's got some good flavors, but 3.5 out of 5, and that's a review. Alright beer fans, that wraps up today's episode. Thank you again for tuning in this week and every week. As always, here in the year of 2022, I really am very fortunate to have met so many great people, friendly, willing people that want to come on the show and share their beer story and share their beer with me. And I really appreciate everyone that I've met along the way and all the continued support I get from my Buzz with Brian fan base. So I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to what is to come in the year of 2023. So 
really excited for that. Really excited for that. We got some cool stuff lined up. Um, and as always, if you're looking to find the beers that we had out in the wild today from 608, uh, if you look at their website, it's a very friendly website, but they don't have a beer finder, but I've certainly seen 608 beers in Madison and occasionally in the Milwaukee market. And considering La Crosse, Wisconsin sits along the Mississippi river there on the Western edge of the state, I imagine their stuff probably makes it to Minnesota as well. So keep your eyes peeled. It's definitely worth a try. I think, I don't think I've had a beer from them that I absolutely didn't care for i mean most of it is all good to great so do check out 608 and with that that'll wrap up today's episode thank you again for listening if you want to write in or you want to see anything on the podcast feel free to reach me at buzzwithbrian at gmail.com give me a like a follow subscribe on your social media there on the instagram or on your favorite podcast listening platform always looking for some reviews too if you want to send some criticism my way i'm open for it And again, thank you for just tuning in for 2022. Can't wait to get back on the mic here again soon in 2023 and enjoy another couple beers with you all. Cheers, beers. Cheers.